That's very good. Good job. If you have your Bible, we are back one more time. John chapter 15. One more time, and we've got to get through because I believe this is our last normal uh, Sunday evening uh, for the remainder of the year. And uh, we've got some exciting stuff coming up, so we've got to make sure that we complete John 15 or else you're going to forget it before we come back again and we'll have to start all over. <clears throat> and so we might have to do that, but we're not going to. John chapter 15, let me just remind you, we are looking at the events just prior to the arrest and crucifixion of Jesus. <clears throat> and so he is with his disciples Judas has already left and gone out to betray Jesus, but he's speaking to the 11, and I believe as he's speaking, he has in his mind the Father. He has in his mind his true, authentic disciples, and they are represented as the faithful, fruitful branches, but he also is thinking about that superficial branch. He's thinking about Judas, the one who claimed to have a relationship, but there was no authenticity to it. And with that in mind, let's read the text together, and we'll look at it. John 15, beginning in verse 1. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch that withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. And so you'll see there are some key components that we have looked at over the last several weeks. We began and we looked at the importance of fruit. And the whole point was this if you are a true follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, you will bear fruit. It's not that you might bear fruit. It's not that you can bear fruit, but if you are a true follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, you will bear fruit in your life. And then we look the next week that those who are true in their relationship to Jesus will be pruned by the Father. We will go through difficult times. We will go through pruning. And the purpose is so that we come out the other side and we're able to bear more fruit. And then last week, we took the entire message, and we focused on the word abide. Ten times in the passage we just read, it says abide, abide, abide. If you abide in me, if you abide in Jesus, then you will bear fruit. 
The only way that you can bear fruit is by abiding in Jesus. You cannot do it on your own. You cannot be productive on your own. And so the task before us is that we abide in the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we do so, everything else will fall into place. Matthew 7, it says, you will recognize them by their fruits. And then verse 5 in our text, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. I want you to understand that fruit is important. When you look in your Bible in the Old Testament, fruit is mentioned 200 times. When you look at your Bible in the New Testament, fruit is mentioned 68 times. When you look at the New Testament, every one of Paul's letters deals with the concept of bearing fruit. 24 out of the 27 New Testament books deal with the idea of bearing fruit. So God takes fruit very seriously. God talks about fruit often. God is the source of fruit. Hosea says, from me comes your fruit. Philippians 1.11, it says, being filled with the fruit of righteousness. Because we have righteousness imputed upon us, therefore we can live a life of fruit. And so I want to close out this mini-series inside of a series, and I want us to just ask the question, what is fruit? We've been talking these several weeks, bear fruit, abide so that you may bear fruit, but I want us to leave and have a good understanding of what is fruit. What does it mean to bear fruit? What does my life look like if I am to be one who bears fruit? And so, as we begin, let me first tell you what fruit is not. Number one, fruit is not worldly success. Mark this down, fruit is not worldly success. Nowhere in the Bible is success synonymous with fruit. I want you to think for a moment, and I want you to ask yourself this question, what makes a church fruitful? What makes a church successful? When you're driving around and you see a church and you say, that church is really successful, what leads you to say that? Now, if you're honest, many times that is correlated to numbers, right? Many times we see a church and a church grows and there's numbers and we say, boy, that church is being fruitful. Boy, God is blessing that church. And, and now don't, don't misunderstand me. That is a blessing from God. And that can be a sign of fruit. As we are to go out and make disciples, the church should grow. And praise God that, that this is a church that has grown. But I want you to understand there can be growth. There can be buildings and large budgets and be no spiritual fruit. There can be lots of people. There can be an event that is big. There can be an atmosphere in a church that is reaching lots and lots and lots of people, but there is no biblical fruit inside of it. And so I want you to understand that fruit does not equate to numbers. It's not all about attendance. It's not all about decisions. And it's not all about budgets. You see, if we don't understand this on the outside, it will drive us crazy on the inside. If you're involved in any type of, of ministry, whatever your ministry is, 
There is a, a tendency to judge the success and judge your success based upon the number of people. Maybe you get ready and you prepare to teach your small group. And the way that you judge your success is based upon the number of people sitting in your circle. And I want to tell you there's much more than just how many people are sitting in a chair around you. That is not where you're to find your success from. It may be that you're working with a, a children's choir group. That's going on right now. And you could judge that success based upon the number of kids present. But that is not where the Bible says that we should look and find our mentality from. But I don't know if you'll remember this. Probably over 10 years ago, I remember we were in a church council meeting, and Brother Charles came in, and he had an idea. You see, we used to, in the old church, we had one of those deals on the wall, you remember, and it said Sunday school attendance, and then it had a number, and then it had amount given last week, and it had a number, amount given in Sunday school, and it had a number. And so every week, that little I don't know what you call it, but it would be updated. You know what I'm talking about? You've seen those? And so you keep up with numbers. You keep up with attendance. You keep up with the amount of money given. And Brother Charles came in, and he said, Guys, I want to propose that we take that off the wall and we throw it away. And so some folks said, You remember this? And, and so some folks said, Well, why would we want to do that? And he said, I have noticed that we are getting our whole attitude from the number on the board. If we come in and there's a good number for us, then everybody's excited and everybody's ready to worship. But if we come in and the number's a little bit low for us, there is just a spirit that everybody's down because the number is down. And so let's just take it off the wall and not worry about the numbers anymore. And that day we took it down and it's never come up again. You see, if you go around town and you ask pastors, how everything went this morning, it's probably going to be based on numbers, the response they give. And, and I think about why that is because I fall into the same trap. And I think the reason is because we like to be able to measure things. And the way that we measure is through numbers. I don't enjoy mowing, but there's something very satisfying to mowing. You know what I'm saying? You go out, and I'll go out in the summer. Thank God, it's, it's, everything's quit and growing right now. But I'll go out in the summertime, and I'll look, and the yard will be grown up, and there'll be, there'll be grass growing over the, the driveway a little bit. And so I'll get out, and I'll start taking care of it. I'll get on the mower, and I'll mow, and I'll keep my line straight, you know, keep it looking good. And I'll get my weed eater out, and I'll go around all the driveway and the flower beds and the trees. I'll get my edger out, and I'll get that line going up, down, up the driveway, down the driveway, up the sidewalk. I'll get my blower on, and I'll go and I'll blow it all off, get all the grass done. And when I'm done, I'll go to the end of my driveway, and I'll look back at it, and I'll say, that looks good. There's satisfaction because you worked, and you see the result of it. Do you know what? what's tough in church work here's what's tough you can you can put lots of work into it you, you know this you've got ministries you can put your heart into it your soul into it you can prepare a message and just get it all ready lined up preach the message to the best of your abilities pray about it trust in the lord and many times when you leave and you go home you're thinking i don't know if that blessed anyone today you, you can't look back and say Boy, that was good. Sometimes you look back and you say, boy, that wasn't so good. 
You just, you cannot see the results. And we want results, but I want you to understand that fruit is not success. Fruit is not sensationalism. Sensationalism, that means I will do anything just to draw a crowd. I will, I will manipulate the word of God in order to draw people in. Fruit is not sensationalism. Fruit is not simulation. Fruit is not to where I look at what somebody else is doing and I try to match it. It's not where I look at a, a, a good preacher and I say, I want to be just like him. Or I look at a good friend that is fruitful and say, I want to mimic them and their life. That is not fruit. So let me tell you what fruit is. Number one, fruit is Christ-like character. Flip over in your Bible to Galatians 5. Galatians 5, verse 22. Fruit is Christ-like character. Galatians 5, verse 22. Well, look at how it lays it out so easily before us. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, you have the Spirit inside your life. The fruit of the Spirit. What the Spirit produces inside of you. And then we have a listing. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The fruit of the Spirit, because the Spirit of God lives inside of you, this is in return what your life looks like. And so I want you to think about that listing. Does this sound like my life? That's what I'm asking myself. That's what you need to ask yourself. Are you one who is characterized by love? Are you one who is characterized by love? The Bible says this is how we know what love is, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Is your life characterized by love? What about joy? You ever known somebody, and they're always smiling and I don't mean a fake smile, but I mean they're just, they have a joy about them. Regardless of what's going on in their life, they have a joy. He says, the fruit of the Spirit is joy. Despite what's going on around you, you have a joy because the Spirit of God dwells inside of you. People that have a peace, regardless of who wins the House, or who wins the Senate, or who's the President, or how my job's going, we have a peace because we know that God is in control. Is, is, that, is that your life? Do you have a peace? Or do you find that you're just like this yo-yo, you're back and forth, and depending on what's going on in life, you're either at peace or you're not. A fruit is a life of peace. And then patience. Anybody just say you're not patient? I am totally not patient. But let me, let me let you in on a little bit of something. This is not talking about our type of patience. In your Bible, it might say long-suffering. Anybody, that's what it says in your Bible, long-suffering. Here's what it means. It, it's almost the idea that you will, you will tolerate someone. The, the idea is this. Have you ever had someone that's taken up your time and you're just tired of it? And, and you want to walk away, but you're trying to be nice? That's the idea of this word. It's saying that you are, you're patient with them. You are long-suffering to them. You will tolerate 
them. Is that a part of your life? And then he goes on and he says in, in kindness and in goodness. You know what kindness does? It takes the initiative for someone else. Goodness, it does good for somebody. You're looking for a reason to be a blessing to someone else. I want to share just a little story with you. I saw a great example of this a couple weeks ago, and I'm not going to mention the guy's name because he wouldn't want me to, but it was at our, our fall fest. You remember that on, on October 31st, we had our fall fest, and if you'll remember, we started at 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock, it was not raining. 7 o'clock, it was raining about as big as it can rain. You remember that? And the rain wasn't just coming down. The rain was going all different directions. And so I walked out uh, of the, the grand hall, went under the canopy, and I found one of our guys on security. And this guy, he was soaking wet. I mean, it looks like he had jumped in a pool and just climbed back out. Everything on him was, was just soaking wet. And so I went up to him. I said, man, what happened to you? And he said, well... You know, it wasn't raining a few minutes ago, and so when folks came in, they forgot their umbrella. And now they're wanting to go back to the car, and, and they don't have an umbrella, and so I'm, I've got my umbrella, and so I'm walking them to their car, and then I'm bringing it back. And about that time, a, a lady walked up, and she had two small children, and he went up to her, and he said, ma'am, uh, would you, do you have an umbrella? And she said, no, and he said, can I walk you to your car? And she said, I would love that. And there they went. He had that umbrella, and he was walking this family out to their car. He put them in, passenger side, put the kids in, and then he walked all the way back, and he did that over and over and over, and he was soaking wet. Now listen, nobody asked him to do that. Nobody expected him to do that. But that is fruit in his life. Amen. That is kindness that is goodness, that is taking the initiative, that is seeing a need and blessing someone else's life. And when I saw it, I mean, you talk about somebody stomping on your toes, my toes are still hurting because I was thinking, I don't know if I would have done that. I mean, just, just honestly, I don't know that it would have crossed my mind. I mean, I, I would have hated it to see these people going out to their cars, but I don't know that I would have had that servant's heart to say, let me all night walk in the rain and take these people to their cars. It, it's an incredible just, just vision of fruit. He says that that's what happens when the Spirit's inside of you. You live a life of goodness. You live a life of kindness where you seek to help people. You want to help people. You want to be a blessing. Not just because you have to, but because that's who you are on the inside. Gentleness. Your life is a life of gentleness. You know what gentleness means? It describes the person who is in so much control of himself that he is only angry at the right time. I didn't say he's never angry. I said he's only angry at the right time. And then self-control. A fruit of the Spirit is self-control. You can control your emotions. You can control your lust. You can control your hunger. You can control all the things in your life and you can put your body in submission because that is a fruit of the Spirit. Now, do you know what all these have in common? They are pictures of Christ. 
This is what Jesus was. Jesus was every single one of these things. And so what we're looking at is this. When you're living a life of fruitfulness, your life begins to look like that of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know when the word Christian started? It had this terminology of being a little Christ. It was a little Christ. So people saw these Christians and they said, they're just a little Christ. They look like Christ. They talk like Christ. They love like Christ. And that's what they are in their life. That's what I want to be. I want to be a little Christ. I want it to be where when people see my life, they see the character of Jesus inside of me. Now, now keep going. Look at verse, verse 19 now. Galatians 5, verse 19. We get the opposite now. Now the works of the flesh. We had the spirit. Now we have the flesh. The work of the flesh is evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissension, divisions, envy, drunkenness, and orgies. Now, now here's the other side of it. If you look at your life and say, man, I've got anger issues. I've got jealousy. I'm always trying to cause dissension. I'm always being critical of folks. Well, that's the fruit of the flesh. That's not the fruit of the Spirit. And so what we should do is look at these lists and say, which one of these looks more like my life? Which one of these is a reflection of who I am? Because I should have Christ-like character. And maybe you ought to go home and you ought to ask your spouse, do you see Christ in me? We can lie to ourselves, can't we? Go ask your spouse. Go ask your coworkers. Go ask the one who works under you and say, hey, do you see Christ in the way that I speak? Do you see Christ in the way that I treat others? Do you see Christ in the joy that's upon my face? Do you see Christ in my peace? Do you see Christ in the way that I carry myself throughout the day? A fruit of the Spirit is the character that's inside of us. Fruit is also praise, the praise of our lips. Hebrews 13, 15, it says, Through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name we got to move quickly now, but listen, fruit is when we praise God. When here a few minutes ago we were singing these songs about the Lord and we were praising him, the Bible says that is fruit. When we are thankful to God for his blessings, that is fruit. When you go home and you eat supper or you go to a restaurant and you eat supper and maybe you join hands with your family and you give thanks for the meal, you acknowledge that God has blessed you with this supper, that is fruit in your life. When we tell people about the goodness of God, that is fruit in our life. So fruit is our, our godly character. Fruit is the praise of our lips. But fruit is also, catch this, fruit is also our contributions. Philippians chapter 4, verse 17. Remember they sent Paul a love gift. Okay, And Paul's talking about that gift, and this is what he says. He says, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. Do you catch that? 
He said, I'm not worried about the gift. I appreciate that, but I'm not concerned with the gift. But I am very excited about the fruit that has been credited to you. I'm I'm just pumped up because the fruit that has been credited to you because of the contribution that you gave me. You know what it reminds me of? Look, there's some of you, and you have been sacrificially giving to ministry. You have given tens of thousands of dollars. Can, Can I just tell you, every time someone gets saved here at this church, that fruit is credited to you. That's what the Bible says here. It says, this is credited to you. Do you realize that every time ministry happens, every time something happens, every time a life is changed, every time someone is blessed, every time a family is put back together, that is in part because of your faithfulness and your giving. Can you just, can you just imagine? I mean, just, just think about the blessings of that. Think about those who were, are giving sacrificially to this building that's to come. And, and you're sacrificing and you're giving. And for the next until Jesus comes, there's going to be fruit that is credited to your account because of your giving. You might say, I'm never going to even walk inside that building. Praise God, some of you shouldn't go in that building. But listen to me, fruit will be credited to you because of your sacrificial giving. The Bible makes it clear that fruit is contributions. Fruit is also good works. Colossians 1.10 says this. It says, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. All of a sudden, we take the, the view of fruit, and we just made it really, really big. Do you see what it said? Fruit is any good work. So do you know what that can be? It could be in your life that fruit is changing a diaper. You serve in the nursery, and you change diapers, and that is fruit. That's a good work that you do for the kingdom of God. It could be that you help lead the children on Wednesday night. That is a fruit of your life. It could be that you drive a bus and that's a fruit for your life. It could be that you sing in the choir and that's a fruit for your life. It could be that you serve in the kitchen and you cook. That is a fruit for your life. Even outside the church, it could be that you go and you mow someone's grass. They're down, they're having a rough time, and you're going to go be a blessing so you mow their grass and that is a fruit in your life. I want you to think about what you do, what good works are you doing in your life? You say, well, what makes it a good work? When you do something for someone else to bless them because the Lord Jesus leads you to it. That's what a good work is. It can be so many things. It can be so many things. And you do it not for recognition. You do it not so you can get your name in a bulletin. You do it not for a pat on the back. You do it because you love Jesus. That's what a fruit is. That's what he's saying. Fruit is the good works. He goes on, and, and we don't have time to dive into it, but fruit is when we communicate in a way that it blesses others. 
Fruit is, is also when someone is converted. We talk in the Bible about some water, some plant the seed. Others come up and they pull the harvest and that is fruit. When someone comes to the Lord Jesus Christ in salvation, that is fruit. See, the Bible lays this out and it said there are so many opportunities for fruit. And as we close this whole chapter up, I want you to reflect inwardly. And I want you to ask yourself this question. Where's my fruit? Where is my fruit? Now, now don't, don't get this idea. Don't get the idea that I'm up here and I've got this whip and I'm saying, you've got to do more. You've got to do more. You've got to bear more fruit. Here's what I'm telling you. If you look at your life and you say, man, there's a little bit. But there ought to be a whole lot more. Abide in Christ. You will kill yourself if you start going through these qualities and you say, love, gentleness, goodness, self-control. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. It's going to drive you nuts. What do you got to do? Just abide in Christ. Seek the Lord Jesus Christ. Draw near to the Lord. Let him draw near to you. And then his character will rub off on you. And you'll begin to do things that you never thought you would do. You'll, you'll begin to live in a way that you never thought you would live. It all comes back to abiding in Christ. Let me ask you to bow your head. And I want you to reflect upon it. The Bible says you will recognize them by their fruit. And so we've spent this entire time talking about what fruit is. And so the question is, are you satisfied with the amount of fruit in your life?